The Free For All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. And on round one, Richard Krause, the host of the podcast Last Call with Richard Krause. Toronto lawyer Courtney Betty of Betty's Law and former Toronto City Councillor, founder of Rob Davis Associates, Rob Davis. Um, so, Richard Krause, are you all excited about uh, about um, Taylor Swift as a fan? Are you excited about the economic development or you don't care? I am excited as a Torontonian uh, who has been traveling a lot this summer and everywhere that I've gone, the downtowns and all the cities that I've been in uh, have come back. People are going to restaurants. People are going to bars. People are hanging out. Uh, there's a vibe in the air that feels pre-pandemic. And people are using the cities and uh, loving them. Then I come back to Toronto, and it hasn't happened here. And so I'm excited to have Taylor Swift coming now. It's 14, 15 months away. Uh, but to bring excitement back to downtown. Barbenheimer did it uh, briefly. We had people dressed up and and hanging out and going to bars and restaurants after seeing the movie. Taylor Swift will do the same thing. There'll be a huge influx of cash into the city and get people used to the idea that it's okay to come back downtown and hang out. That's what I want. The city needs that to be vibrant. Okay. Uh, Courtney Betty, the daughter's all excited? Um, They might be. I haven't even actually spoken to them, Jerry. But the reality of it is, you know, Toronto is a big city on the map internationally. And so it really shouldn't be a surprise that we're getting, um, you know, Taylor Swift and, you know, Beyonce was here. She kicked off her concert in Toronto. I think that was about three weeks ago. Um, But there certainly is that vibe, I feel like coming back to the city and, uh, I was downtown last week, and it was just crazy. So people are getting back out, which is a great thing. Yeah, the amazing thing to me is that there are six of these shows in a 50,000-seat venue. Now, (laughs) this morning, Courtney, we noticed that you can get tickets already on StubHub, even though the tickets are not for sale until Wednesday. And we were wondering, is that legitimate? We um, uh, Producer Joe sent a note to Eric Alpert, music journalist, and said StubHub has Taylor Swift tickets already for sale. Now, they're thousands of dollars apiece, but we asked how is that possible is that a scam is it hedging bets and he wrote back it's hedging bets and it is valid they have or they know people with season tickets to the jays and because it's at the rogers center apparently courtney jays fans get first rights to the ticket and maybe some of them are saying yeah i don't want to go and if you can unload this ticket and i get money for it then uh, it'll all work out for everybody well the season ticket holders i've always found it fascinating jerry if you remember you probably do. I mean, if you want to go see a, a Maple Leaf Games and you didn't have tickets, you'd go down and someone would walk up to you and say, hey, I got some extra tickets. And take you around the corner and you get those tickets. Now it's all legal, right? Yeah. Because StubHub is really just a, a legal format of scalping. It's a Swifty arbitrage. Oh, I'm sorry, what, what was that? It's Swifty arbitrage. Yeah, that's okay. But, but do you go along, Rob Davis, with uh, my argument that th- this is true economic development for the city as opposed 
opposed to we had to bribe FIFA $300 million in order mm-hmm. to get uh, the, the World Cup game. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this is our SAR stock. You know, this is our uh, reopening of the city. Uh, we're actually... Uh, we just had to wait years to do it. <laughs> well, we're at the, we're at the anniversary of, uh, of the SAR stock concert, actually. I think it was... Uh, yeah, it was uh, the other day it was. It was the That's other right. day. It was the anniversary. Yeah. So, so I, I, I agree with Richard in that this is the thing that's going to help open up the city and maybe mark the official end of COVID and official end of the economic slowdown as a result of COVID. But, uh, you know, that's a lot of money. Like, holy crap, of all the things to spend your, your money on, uh, yeah. all those Swift Swifties or Swift heads or whatever you want to call them. Swifties. Uh, no wonder they don't have enough money to pay down on a, on a condo or a house because they're spending thousands <laughs> of dollars on Swift tickets. Section, uh, if you want it to be on the field level and grab up a ticket now from StubHub uh, and be down on, Richard, I said, I want to be down on the field so she can see me. Um, yeah. And <laughs> that ticket is $13,000 Canadian a piece. On StubHub. Yeah. On StubHub. And so Taylor Swift isn't charging $13,000 a ticket. Third-party resellers are charging that. So there's there's a fine line here. She will, though, make an enormous amount of money from this, but so will the city. And I will guarantee you that they book six shows. I think those six shows would be sold out within seconds of, of officially going on sale. And so I think it's the 14th, 15th, and 16th of November next year, and then the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Wait for There'll be another show or two scheduled in those few days that she has off, uh, I think, just to uh, uh, give the people what they want to to uh, make sure that everyone who wants to see her gets a chance to see her. Yeah, there are a few politicians trying to take credit for this, like uh, Matt General, member of Parliament, uh, saying, yeah, we asked her to come and she's coming. They've been planning this for months. They just haven't told us. Now, Rob Davis, <laughs> you were part of a panel, along with Shelley Carroll, yes. last week, where Shelley Carroll started talking about how we can't afford to change the name of Dundas Street. There's follow-up to that, okay? But let's all remember what it sounded like a week ago. Well, you're, you're voting on changing the name of Dundas Street, I believe, in the next four or five weeks, no? You're not voting on spending the money because we don't have the money. So, so we you're said, not going to we'll, do we'll it. Look at the, we'll look at the naming process, but we don't have the money to do it right now. And that's been made quite clear. So you're not going to change the name of Dundas? No, we're just going to look at the naming policy and whether or not we could do it if we had the but money. why bother to but spend time doing that? It's been made quite clear to councillors because it's because it's in the scheduled books to look at the policy oh, God. and it was written, well, then but without then the money, it's not happening. Okay, so uh, Ben Spur, City Hall Bureau writer for the Toronto Star, was listening to that conversation, and he went and talked to Mayor Olivia Chow, Rob, and she says no, despite the fact that it's going to be probably 9 or $10 million, and they're crying poor over at City Hall, she's still for doing it. Well, God bless uh, Councillor Carroll for having the temerity to challenge the mayor. And I, and I actually appreciate it when politicians admit that they went on the wrong path and then change their mind. Look, we are in a dire economic, dire fiscal uh, challenge. We have dire fiscal challenges at the city of Toronto. And I, you know, as a member of the black community, Courtney and I are members of the black community, we know that there's lots of issues, but, but what we know is that this isn't the number one issue affecting the black community. Not one black child is gonna graduate from university or high school, become a lawyer, become a doctor, become a politician, because they changed the name of Dundas Street. We have people living on Dundas Street, and I care more about them than the people, than the name of the sign that they're sleeping under. And I think most, residents of toronto would agree all right courtney well there's there's a lot of symbolism to this right and the city has gone through the process this 
at this time is a lot of backtracking. At the end of the day, $8 million. Um, we are, our, our motto is diversity is our strength. And if there are people within the city that get, you know, some acknowledgement from this, then we should do it. At the end of the day, Jerry, you know, if you want to support the black community, give some of the jobs that's involved the $8 million, spend it with suppliers from the black community. And then you're addressing both problems at the same time. But to me, we're, we're, we're backtracking on this. And, uh, and I think the mayor made the right decision. Let's move forward. Well, she, the way it works is she probably doesn't get to decide this on her own. And as we've been able to demonstrate here on the radio show, and people should always know, there isn't one voice for the black community because we've got two black guys here who don't agree. <laughs> and that's what's great about it, Jerry. That's right. Because each of us, we bring our own individual, in, individual thoughts to it. But at the end of the day, we all love Toronto. We want to see the city that's great. And we are a multicultural city, so we have to take into account everyone that lives here. But, Courtney, respectfully, and, and you know, this is great being on the radio with Courtney. We grew up in the same neighborhood. You know, uh, we, we've known each other for years. Um, I would rather invest 10, 20, 30 million dollars in people. You know, if, if Toronto did what they did with the environment, they have a thing called the, the, the Toronto Atmospheric Fund. It's a 20 million dollar fund. They invest that money. The profits are given out as grants. Wouldn't it be better? to put $20 million aside for scholarships for kids in the black community. The, the city controls that fund and just the profits are distributed to kids who live in at-risk neighborhoods so that our legacy of helping people who might have been affected by colonialism is giving them a good education and a good opportunity at a good job. All right. Well, we'll, well see what I don't city... See, I don't see why we can't do both. Let's well, because we don't have any money, dollars, Courtney. Million Let's put that $30 million we're going to put in into black businesses so they can give the scholarships, so they can develop the community. We don't need government handouts. What we need is the support to be able to bring about the changes needed. All right. Well, we don't have the money. It just comes down to that. But uh, Richard Cross, we had this horrifying story of a dog attack in East York. Uh, and now we learn, just to you know, pour some salt in the wound, that as this dog was attacking a woman, she feels lucky to be alive. It was a vicious attack. A neighbor saw this happening, called 911. And, and the report is, uh, I, this is unbelievable, Richard, that the, the 911 operator said, yeah, call 311. Yeah, the pictures are horrifying. Uh, the dog bite uh, photos that are in the sun, uh, watch and have a look at at your own risk because they really are uh, very, very uh, serious uh, injuries. And this infuriates me. And it infuriates me uh, because of the kind of I don't know the way it's written. It sounds almost cavalier. Just call three one one. Call three one one. I understand that nine one one operators probably get people calling to complain that uh, they didn't get extra pickles on their hamburger at McDonald's and they want something done about it right away. And you get a lot of nuisance calls. I understand that. But when you have someone who is calling and saying, "No, this is happening right here. This is happening in front of my door. A woman is being mauled by uh, a dog," you have to take that seriously. You cannot simply uh, try and slough it off to another service. You just, you can't do that. You don't get to do that. Yeah. And these photos, when you have a look at them, uh, will show you the severity of the attack and how wrongheaded it was just to try and push it over to someone else. Well, uh, it's it, obviously you don't call 911, uh, Courtney, and uh, a police officer or some emergency worker is there in the next five seconds, and every second counts in a situation like that, but at least get an ambulance on the way or something. Don't tell them to call animal control. 
Well, it was, it was a wrong decision, Jerry. Uh, no doubt about it. The employee, whoever it was, made a wrong decision uh, in judgment. But at the end of the day, there's another part to it. Or 911 is so overloaded right now. So even when you need a police officer, even when you need an ambulance, the delays are way beyond what they should be. Well, there's a better place for $9 million then, Rob. <laughs> yeah, we could, we could hire 100 people to answer 911 calls. Instead of changing the name of Dundas. Instead of changing the name of Dundas. Yeah, priorities matter. Now, uh, Courtney, would you go along with the idea that is being floated by the provincial government here to uh, repurpose some of the unused or underused school property we have around the province and build housing? Well, the first part of it, Jerry, let's look at these schools as to how they can serve the communities that they're in. That has to be the number one part of it. If we're going to be saying all of a sudden we're going to give up all of these valuable properties, billions of dollars, to developers who are going to make more money, um, that doesn't make any sense in the long run. We've got to, first of all, look at repositioning no, wait a minute, Courtney, from, the community, Courtney. from the community perspective, and then we look at whether or not we're going to open it up to developers. It's not whether or not the developer makes money. It's whether or not we need the housing more than we need the school property. Well, at the, at the end of the day, Jerry, this is going to be an issue that we're going to keep on using till we have no green space, no recreational space, no parks in the city. Where do you draw the line? At some point, the priority has to be the communities, and then you put the housing part of it into context. Well, don't, don't get too tough on the developers there, Courtney, or we'll talk about how we get ripped off by lawyers. <laughs> but uh, that's that's Courtney Betty, who is a lawyer, uh, and uh, Rob Davis and Richard Krause. Thanks very much. And this is News Talk 1010.